0: As always like you can do quite a lot with a tilty bucket like it's not going to put too much advantage to us but now if I try and jump on one of our other machines that doesn't have a utility repeater I'm like oh like what way does this go I'm trying to like spin it around <laughs> just that little bit more and it just doesn't go but you still get like the old school ones coming in my videos being like not worth the money or I can do that with a normal bucket I'm like yeah sure you probably could do it with a normal bucket but it's going to take you twice as long because you're going to have to level the ground out or put the machine to whatever do you know what I mean you have to label the actual ground whereas it's just like a turn of the bucket.
1: welcome back everybody to the cone expo con egg podcast i'm your host taylor white as always we are brought to you by our amazing friends over at komatsu big shout out to them with me today i have the awesome amy who is the digger girl on instagram uh somebody who i've been looking forward to talking to for a bit here now seeing her videos all over the place especially even on youtube and on TikTok as well too so, Amy, thank you for being here today with us.
0: Thank you very much for having me.
1: Yeah, no, I was just saying before off off camera that I know you're from Scotland. So we're gonna do our I'm gonna do my best to to understand and keep up to you.
0: Yeah, I'll do my best to slow it down for you guys too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's all good. Tell me a little bit about yourself, Amy. I wanna start kind of like at the beginning, like who is the digger girl? Who who is Amy? How did you get into this? Let's start with that.
0: My name's Amy Underwood. Um I'm obviously a plant operator from Scotland. I work for my dad we've got a family business um, and I've worked for him now for about 12 years um, it's just a very small business just me him and two other people we have at the moment we've got six machines all different brands from Hyundai, Kubota, Takuchi, Cabelko, Tachi, but Scania trucks so it's just very small and when I left school I wanted to be a mechanic actually that was what my want to do I went around every garage in town and then um, unfortunately nobody would take me on So I started working with my dad until I could get something else. He said, like, start working with me until something else comes up. And here I am 12 years later, still working for him.
1: (laughs) Bro, that's (laughs) Um, awesome. Go ahead, sorry.
0: No, and I was going to say where the Digger Girl came into it. So in 2019, um, I just started posting um, Digger pictures on a Digger Girl page, basically, because none of my friends were interested there. My friends are like hairdressers, beauticians, nurses school teachers like none of them are into what I'm into so they weren't on my personal page it wasn't getting any like interaction or stuff so I could just start up digger stuff for digger people and then it kind of just went from there I didn't mean it for it to happen but it just happened
1: well it's pretty unconventional I guess for like you know even like seeing girls in the industry and running excavators and if you were a young girl like I want to run excavator when I'm older that's not something that you genuinely hear all the time although it is something we need to be hearing more of the fact is that it's just not, like you said, most of your friends are like doing, you know, like beauticians or nurses or something like that. Where did that love for, and by the way, I share the exact same love of like working with family. When I took over my family business, I don't expect you to know anything about my story, but like, you know, family business as well, grew up working within it. You know, we had, when I took over about four guys, we're 26 now and working with family is awesome. So I can share that kind of same love as well too. Was it always like that? Like when you were like when I say that, like, what, were you always wanting to work in the family business or be a digger driver?
0: I don't think it was something me or my dad had ever thought of. I'd always been a petrol head, so it was always in about like quads, motorbikes when I was younger. Always out in the garage with my dad, like going in the run with a fast track with what we had at the time. Like always in amongst stuff like that. But I guess dad never thought like his daughter would want to run excavators really again because it wasn't really known. There's there was no one else, no other female in Scotland that I knew of who run excavators there's plenty of truck drivers but no excavator drivers
1: (laughs) that's wild to be able to say that that's pretty cool
0: there is now there is now i must admit there's probably about six or seven that i know of now which is really good to see (laughs) but at the time when i first started i didn't know any other ones
1: that's crazy so what is the ultimate goal then is it like i work for you know the family business and i want to run a digger and be super super good at that or like i want to take over the family business and work within that and grow it
0: I don't honestly know what's going to happen. Um, I always still say I work for my dad. It's always where my base is always going to be, going back there. I love nothing more than working on a machine in the hillside in the middle of nowhere and getting stuff done. But my dad's always wanted me to do more than just work for him because he can see some of the rubbish that we have to put up with. And I guess like any dad, he's just wanted to see me do more for myself. I don't know. I honestly don't know what, what the next steps are going to be. He always says, his saying is, I'm going from the cab to the coffin. And he's got a good few years left of him yet, so I don't have to make any decisions or anything soon.
1: <laughs> well, that's a good thing, is you can kind of take your time and take it as it is, right? I love that because I have a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter as well, too. And like my ultimate goal is to her like find a love within the industry. And be actually to look up to girls like you and be like, hey, like, that's awesome. Like, I want to do that. And I think that's great. And part of doing that is you're showing your journey on social media. What sparked your interest to be like, okay, like, I mean, because first of all, you stepped out of your boundary zone. You're like, okay, like, I wanted to do this. Okay, now I'm going to be a digger driver, a female digger driver. And then also, okay, now I think that I'm going to show this online. Like, what sparked your interest to be like, hey, I should put this on Instagram? If that's where you started.
0: Yeah, I didn't mean to start it. I just wanted to show my pictures of me at work. Didn't think anything of it. I came across another guy, Connor the Digger Driver. You probably came across him on Instagram. I came across Connor? his page randomly. Yeah.
1: Oh, I love Connor. He's a good lad. Yeah,
0: he's so funny. So I actually, yeah. he always wants credit. So let's give him a bit of credit why I started my page. <laughs> was because I came across <laughs> his page. So there we go. There you go, Connor. So yeah, I started my page because I've seen him and then just started uploading my own um Pictures and videos. And then within a year, I had 10,000 followers. And then it's just kind of went a bit mental since then.
1: Yeah. I mean, you've added so many followers across so many different platforms. What the cool thing, what I like about social media as well, too, is it's the people that you get to meet along the journey. I mean, like you were saying, you know, like Connor the Digger driver and like getting in touch and being able to talk to these other people or other females that are digger drivers, like that is so cool. Have you built up some kind of like relationships with people over the internet that have just been like, Okay, like I wouldn't have had this if I didn't get to share my journey doing this.
0: Absolutely, like I've met so many amazing people, like worldwide. Um, I got really shocked when I came over to Con Expo and, and started the year there because um, I didn't think I'd have like a following over there as such. Because obviously I'm just from Scotland; it's pretty small. But the amount of people who were coming up to me and say that they watched me on YouTube and stuff was like really overwhelming. I was like, this is just mental. And people that are like just so nice and want to know your journey and like genuinely bothered about you which is really really nice it's just pretty crazy then the girl thing there's been so many girls who we've actually formed more for the trucking It's called girl torque there's like 80 odd girls now part of it across the UK who are truck drivers which is really good getting more people together and more girls together You also find you have so much more in common with them and something to talk about as well, which is nice.
1: Social media as a business, though, is so cool, too. Like, I mean, not only now, like it starts out and, you know, I kind of share the same story. It was like I just started out posting what I was doing here at work. And all of a sudden I was like, okay, well, you're getting some traction from it. Okay, well, that's pretty neat. But then it kind of becomes its whole own thing. I mean, like now there's so many moving parts to social media on my end. You know, you have YouTube and then you have brand partnerships and then you have this and then you have that and then you have to schedule this. And then it's Saturday morning and you wake up and like I was supposed to post this and then swipe up and add this link and do that. What's the business side of it? Like, are you enjoying that part of it are, or is that something that's like I know I asked earlier about you want to go into the family business, but like you're doing your own business right now and like I'm sure you're uber successful at it and you can like continue to do that.
0: I just see the whole so I guess it's happened so quick and it's something I never had planned for to happen just in the last year it's kind of really took off so I kind of just still taking every day as it comes I always say like next year there might be someone else like just got to concentrate what I can just now like I'm very like that with things I don't believe anything's going to happen until the day it's happening and I don't say I don't look forward to the future or anything because I never like let myself down or anybody else down but I've got an agent Dan who obviously you've been in touch with who helps me so much to do with all my business stuff. Because not only do I work for my dad, I run the Digger Get Limited, but I'm also a mum to two kids, a single mum to two kids. It's pretty hard going. They're five and seven, so they don't fully really understand the whole Yeah, they don't fully really understand it. My seven year old, she does a little bit, but they've got their friends watch me on YouTube. <laughs> and my boy wants to be a YouTuber now <laughs> when he's older. But it does get tough. So I'm glad I've got someone there on hand to help me when I need a little bit more help. As you say, like forgetting times to post and stuff like that is so relatable.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, five and a seven year old, good for you. That's an unbelievable. You said boy and girl?
0: Yeah. I've got boy and girl.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. We just had a boy. <laughs> He's uh, 14 weeks old now. So
0: oh, congratulations. I'm just
1: learning. Thank you. Just <laughs> learning what it's like now to have two. And it's, uh, yeah, it's completely changing every aspect of balancing business and like personal life and family life and all this stuff. And I can only imagine being like a single mom doing that. What kind of challenges do you think like, because I find being with children, it's always like the mom is kind of like more involved, you know? So is that a challenge that you would say being a woman in construction kind of like has versus over something else? Or is that like a unique challenge? Oh,
0: I think just being a parent, whether you're a mom or a dad's got <laughs> loads of challenges. Eh? Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's um I'm not one like even though I say I'm a I'm like a single mom my mom and dad fully support me and they're very good to help me when I'm away doing trips and stuff like that. So I am very lucky that way. But yeah, there's challenges everywhere I'd say.
1: hundred <laughs> percent. I feel like also too though, like it's just the representation of women in the trades, I find it's still relatively low. Is there any steps that like you're trying to take or like you think other people should take in order to kind of like broaden the scale or like encourage or empower? Like women to enter and like thrive in the community.
0: We are getting there slowly, but I honestly think we need to get into schools from like a younger age and know that is a job. Construction is a job opportunity for boys or girls. I don't know about over where you guys are from, but here, like construction for female and male is just lacking terribly. There's hardly any boys as well leaving school who want to get into the trades anymore. So it's about pushing like females and males as a whole. And I guess the whole social media thing does help because now like young girls, I've got parents who let their kids watch me and TikTok and YouTube and whatever. They say now they know that they can do that and that is an opportunity. Whereas when I was growing up, okay, social media wasn't really a thing <laughs> when I was growing up, but there was no one to look up to. Um, so now hopefully having a few more girls on social media doing that, then it gives put that puts that thought into like younger generation from a young age to get them into it.
1: Yeah. No, I love that. You're dead right. It gives them something to kind of like look up to and see. But I do like also how in a lot of your questions, you're kind of like, well, it's not generally like gender specific. It's like boys and girls in the same. And I totally agree with that and love that because there isn't even over here as well too. the problem with our schools and our education. And uh, if my wife was here, she'd roll her eyes because this is where I get into most rants at night if I'm having a beer or a scotch or something. But the problem with education now in school is they're not dominating and pushing the trades as a viable place to actually go and work and make a living for your family. It's like, you got to go to school or become a lawyer or a doctor or this. And like, we need those people. I'm not saying we don't. We need all types. But it shouldn't be like, you're either going to university or you're going to be a loser. And it's like, no, those aren't two ways of looking at it. So what we do here, we do a co-op program. So the local high school, they give us normally like two or three students each semester from grades 11 to 12, and we bring them in and they get to work with us. We put them on machinery. They get to work in the shop. They get to go out on site. They get to see all aspects of the trade to figure out like, hey, this is what I want. This is what I not want. And then when you tell them, it's like, yeah, like in like three, four years, you can be making $100,000 a year, guys. And it's like, whoa, what? Like, there's no way I can do that. It's like, yeah, no, it is right. So like, I love that you touched on the training because. I'm all for that. The education model, I think, is totally messed up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's always kind of been that way as well. Here, it's like university—you got to do this—but they don't realize, like, if you don't have construction workers in like ten years' time, that like the prices of everything, the prices of ground workers, builders, it's all going to go up, which means the house of prices of houses, etc., are going to go up even more. Like, it's just going to get into a sticky situation. I do do some work with CIPD, who's a, a training school over. Um, over here training body so we're trying together to try and get more more people through apprenticeships and stuff like that
1: but i guess that's what it takes
0: from a young age absolutely i like the idea what you guys do though is getting them in because somebody might come in and they might not want to, they might try to join and then not want to be and then throw all trades in the bin instead of trying something else like being a equipment operator or a bricklayer or something else there's so many different options
1: yeah 100 percent. and i think the best thing too is like Putting them with the right company too. I mean, like don't put them with a company that, you know, has no ladder for say where you could start here and end up here or like you got to show them that it is fun. My biggest thing is as I eat, sleep and breathe blue collar. I was raised blue collar. I am blue collar. My family eats because blue collar. My family's after that will eat because blue collar. I love it. I love what I do and I love being that. And I hate when it's like looked down upon. Like we are like this savage, crazy industry. We're like, yeah, it is insane what we do sometimes it's like snowing in minus 40 and the guys are outside laying pipe but that's what i love about it you know what i mean like you have to love being blue collar to be in the industry
0: yeah it's definitely hard for it's not for the faint-hearted that's for sure
1: no definitely <laughs> not at all
0: yeah another thing i think we struggle with like the whole women in construction thing and we're definitely not there yet is maternity and women having kids because if I was, oh, I had my kids when I was twenty-one, so I was very young, and I worked with my dad, so I got away with it. I was still back to work four months after, and I was still operating the digger on my due date. But I feel like a lot of big companies don't. It's not really known yet. So once they're pregnant, they get put into an office for health and safety reasons, whatever. And then after they have have their baby, then they usually just stay in the office then, and they don't get the opportunity to come back part time. If you're, an say, a nurse, you get the op- option to go back part-time here and cut your hours. But if you were going part-time a digger, it's just not knowing that here. You just wouldn't get that opportunity, which is really unfair as well. I think it should be totally fair for that and make it a bit easier for women who do
1: have kids. Yeah, I totally agree. You're right. And, like, you can speak from experience on that. And that's what I was saying earlier with, like, it's got to be more difficult being in women construction because being a dad, like, I did nothing the whole pregnancy thing you know it was like bang boom you know whatever and then the wife you know she deals with the next the best way i could say it is bang boom bang boom and then the next nine months of her life is just taking care of the kid and then the baby's born and then she like breastfed so there's nothing that i could do other than when a certain when kenny starts crying just pass it off to her so like there's this such thing like you're right like so what's the resolution to that how do we fix that then I don't know. Like, I, I want to know as a business owner as well, too, because I want to attract women to come in and run machinery as well, too. But you're right, like being away for a year and a half or it's a 18 months here, I think we get for paternity uh, leave. Nice. So like, yeah, what's the workaround on that?
0: It's really difficult because I can see it's both sides. I can see if my dad's employee, I can see why it would put employers off employing a woman because my dad was going to employ a girl who's going to be having kids in the next two years. It would put a thought into your mind being like she's gonna be off for a year to have a kid and that's gonna be me, a man down and have to pay maternity for a year. Like it's a big but I guess that's where maybe the government can come in and step in and be like, we need to do something more here to help get women into construction. And then going back, it would have been really nice for girls to be offered part time work on equipment. Like work three days a week or two days a week, whatever they've got to do, work round. I don't know what you're like where you guys are from, but here it's all or nothing you don't get part-time construction workers
1: (laughs) no it's the same here (laughs) yeah there's there's no such thing as uh hey no work like two times maybe a truck driver but machinery operating like if they're not moving i'm not making money so or they're not making money so it's time to to keep moving
0: but that yeah it's going to be a huge thought process i think when employers are looking to employ a woman is if they're going to have kids
1: (laughs) so what advice then would you give to like young women Young Susie is at home right now listening to this podcast, and she's like, this is what I want to do, and I'm listening. Like, What would you give it for advice to be like, get in? this is how you get in the construction industry, this is what I would recommend, kind of how to do it?
0: Even if it was a girl or a guy, anyone, I would just tell them if there's something they really want to do, then absolutely go for it. Because I feel like if you've got that much determination and dreams and goals for doing something, you're going to do it no matter what. But the construction game is um, a tough industry. That's another thing you've got to kind of get out there as well. Like maybe I try to make it look like really real on social media. So I'll show the good days, the bad days when I'm covered in mud, when I'm whatever, when I'm at a show, I'll show everything. Yeah. But it's not all glam. It's not all sitting in a nice brand new 50 ton Hyundai getting pictures taken. Like you've got to get your hands dirty and get tucked in about it, which is not easy. You've got to be working in rain, hail, snow, but I love it. It's like such a good lifestyle. Meet so many amazing people. I just love being outside and getting stuck in about work. But yeah, I just think if you're going to go for it, then you definitely should.
1: It's like what I was saying before, like the love for blue collar. It's got to be there. You got to love it. And it's just the ultimate kind of place to work within. Now, I want to ask you more about too, like what I'm interested in as well too, is when I see your videos and everything like that. So what kind of tilt rotator do you run? What kind of excavator do you run? I like talking about that sort of stuff. Because I mean, I own a construction company as well too. I love machinery talk.
0: You're nice. Well, as I said, we've got like five different brands of machine, but my kind of daily one, the one I've made to dig a one, just kind of without my dad knowing, was a Kubota. I run a KX 84 80 <laughs> 4. I had the 85 5 in demo for a month there, so I'm getting confused. But it's 80 4, and I've got a Roto Tilt on it as well.
1: What kind of tilt rotator? A Roto Tilt. Oh, nice. Roto Tilt. That's what we have too. I have an R6 and an R4 on a 325 and a 315 CAT. They're awesome.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah, mine's yeah. an R three
1: on the eight ton. Oh, sick. they're really good. That's a great yeah, size.
0: It really is, and the backup with Rototilt are amazing. They're, they're such an amazing team as well.
1: Yeah, Rototilt's been nothing but supportive.
0: Yeah, I actually met the Rototilt ones over the North American ones when I was over at Con Expo. They made me feel really, really welcome. <laughs>
1: Dang, were you at Con Expo this year?
0: Yeah, I was.
1: Oh shit, I didn't even know that. Yeah, well, twenty twenty six, you got to go next. Next, so we'll do a live podcast there.
0: I would love that. I definitely going to be back
1: <laughs> yeah it was a lot of fun so what kind of attachments do you have i'm not done a lot like talking about the till rotators and the machinery what kind of uh, attachments do you have like gray beam sorting grapple trenching bucket
0: honestly i could do i'm getting a grading beam we've only got the buckets just now but the kind of work we do we don't really need too much i mean if we did i'd be sitting kind of doing nothing most of the time we've got like shears and all the different attachments for the different, like all the different machines we get used quite a lot. But for the rototilt, we just kind of have the buckets just now, which is um, which is good. As I say, for the kind of work we're doing, it's not too bad. We've got our biggest machine is our Hyundai, is our fourteen ton Hyundai. That's a nice machine as well.
1: Did you start uh, on the on an excavator and then get a rototilt, or did you start on a machine with a tilt rotator?
0: No, so we I've always been used to like a tilty bucket. Yeah. Do you know what that is? Yeah. Yeah, so we have tilty buckets and yeah, all our machines. So I've always been used to like the one finger. So it was just kind of yep. getting used to my other one. So I honestly didn't find it too bad. I got it in, I'll be two years, already. Right? Two years in November, I've had the rototilt. Is that right? Yeah, I think it is.
1: You've only been running a rototilt for two years?
0: Yeah, yeah, but two years in November, I'm pretty sure I got it fitted. I
1: think it was <laughs> 2021. You, you got onto it pretty quick.
0: <laughs> yeah, my dad, he's not really been on that machine since I got it fitted. He's actually on it tomorrow, and the bricklayers were joking before I left, being like, Well, your dad be all right in that tomorrow. Now was like, You'll probably come back to no walls. He's
1: not going to hide it. That's <laughs> awesome. It was so difficult. Like, for me, like, I grew up, like, we used to build armor stone walls, and like, I mean, like, much like you, right? I've been doing this my whole life. And I remember doing, I mean, I'm not saying like I remember, like, I'm 28 years old, but we used to build retaining walls, rock walls, do all our work with just like a thumb and just a straight bucket. And then I remember when we bought, we called them swivel buckets, a tilty bucket. We bought that and it was just like, holy, sh- like this is the best thing since sliced bread. This is unbelievable. This is things thing has been sent to us from the heavens. And then we figured out the tilt rotator and we got it. But I was like, it was like learning a whole new machine to me. It was so difficult. So many different things were going on with it. And I don't get the joy of running it every day now. We have operators that are running it. But when I get onto it, like, I love it. Like, we even have a little grapple that you like when we like tear off, like I can tear off individual sheets of tin when we demolish a barn or something. Like, it's so cool. I love them. There's so much
0: to do. Like, see, before I got the tilt repeater, I was always like, like, you can do quite a lot with a tilty bucket. Like, it's not going to put too much advantage to us. But now if I try and jump on one of our other machines what doesn't have a theater, I'm like, oh, like what way does this go? I'm trying to like spin it around just that little bit more and it just doesn't go. But you still get like the old school ones comment in my videos being like, not worth the money or I can do that with a normal bucket. I'm like, yeah, if, sure, you probably could do it with a normal bucket, but it's going to take you twice as long because you're going to have to level the ground out or put the machine to whatever. Do you know what I mean? You have to label the actual ground whereas it's just like a turn of the bucket, your fingers.
1: Mm-hmm. Some
0: people just don't quite get it yet, but it does save so much time.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. Well What kind of work are you doing mostly with it? Like grading work, ditching work?
0: Basically, I do a lot of um, like new house sites, like private house sites, um, ditching new roads, that kind of stuff. It's really handy for doing like foundations or put for houses. I don't know what you call them over there. So handy for doing that just sitting in the one. Foundations, yeah. We're sitting in the same place and just digging them. Like that, you don't have to move the machine about and put it about the site. They're very handy for getting right in at the corners as yeah. well.
1: Yeah they're, oh, very good. yeah they're super handy whenever we transitioned over because that's like again same thing that we do as well too a lot of custom new home builds and site work like full residential site prep it was just super handy seeing the way that they can maneuver do you guys have septic systems over there like what kind like do you guys do septics like putting pipe in the ground and, and septic beds and stuff
0: yeah i actually follow the, the little operator in alexandria she does a lot of that stuff over in main ours is not like that like ours is getting a separate tank plastic one in the ground pipes to it that's it like there's nothing like what you guys do over there it's very very simple really and we still complain that the soak away has got to be like six meters by six meters (laughs) we have it very lucky when i see some of the stuff alexandria does
1: oh it's insane i mean even the cost out here is just wild what kind of ground material do you guys have over there now i'm just like talking geography but i'm interested like is it like clay or dirt or sand
0: Honestly, from like where I'm sitting now to twenty metres along there can change from peat, rock, clay, sand gravel. Like it just changes totally different. A lot of peat up in the hills, of course, and the solid rock, but it's just changes. It's such a variety. What about you guys over there?
1: Yeah, it's about the same. It's like right where our yard is, it's sand, but then like where I live it's clay and then it can be 100 feet behind my house it goes into a solid bedrock channel that runs like all through our city like yeah it just varies i guess it just changes anyways i just i'm like i got locked up about that (laughs) that stuff because i love the dirt if you had a memorable project that you could be like that one was awesome what would that be one that stands out that comes to your mind as soon as i said that what's that project
0: Uh...
1: it's in your head i know you i know you're thinking it right now you're just thinking of how you're going to say it
0: We've done them um, like hydro schemes. It, my dad done like two of them, which was really good and really interesting. There's a lot of work in them. So it was like small ones for estates, um, private ones. So it was really cool seeing like a hill, a barn start from nothing, putting your intakes in, getting the pipeline down the hill, the power station getting built at the bottom, the turbines getting put in, and then you're making electricity, which is pretty cool. And that's probably one of the call? bigger
1: jobs that we've done. Like a hydro skim
0: scheme it's like <laughs> making electricity basically do you not do that oh
1: with like hydro. a like a war yeah 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 no 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 we call it hydro i've just never heard the the scheme thing that's cool so scheme, yeah it's a building that is like it's just like a power generator plant
0: yeah so up the top of the hill like a, a reservoir you put a dam up there and then a big yeah. pipeline comes all the way down the hill so we'd be digging them putting all that pipe in and it'd be getting welded on site and stuff by plastic welders and doing all that. So that was probably that them ones have probably been quite the most interesting one. We also do a lot of work for the hydro schemes around here, like maintenance source, dams and stuff that we were built in the sixties, which is like some unbelievable like engineering. Something that they'd probably never manage now. And we do all maintenance and recovery and all that kind of stuff as well, which is really, really interesting. There's like aqueducts that run through Scotland Hills but you will never know what was there and dams and stuff. But once you know that they are you get pretty hooked on where
1: they're all going and where they're taking water to. Is that pretty common over there? Like, is there a lot of that stuff? Like, I mean, you just said, obviously there is, but like, is there a lot of dams and, and hydro dams?
0: Yeah, there is. I think it's such a good way to make the electricity. Um, when the work's getting done, I can see why people don't like it because it makes a scar to the hill. But after one or two years, you know yourself, everything grows over and you can't see it's there kind of thing. But yeah, there is quite a lot. I mean, we get plenty of rain for it, so we've got no excuse really not to do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's pretty neat. I've never traveled to Scotland, but I have family. I'm I'm Scottish and Irish. Like, I've never, like, actually gotten to go there. When you see construction on social media from where we are to where you are, does it look a lot alike or does it look different? Does the machinery kind of, like, what do you see? I always feel like you guys are more ahead of us, to be honest with you, as far as, like, technology and tools and attachments. But what do you see?
0: That's crazy that you think that. I think, like, we're just playing at it compared to you guys.
1: Like, I just think you're being nice.
0: No, honestly, I feel like we've just got like—I <laughs> mean, we're probably we're more ahead than Ireland, which is acceptable. But we're miles behind like <laughs> for the tilt rotators, and stuff. I love the Irish. You no, know, my biggest following is Dublin, and like the whole world, the biggest city is Dublin. So I've got a lot of time for them. I'm sure they won't mind me saying that. <laughs> last <laughs> last week, I flew into—I was over at a show in, in Dublin, and I put a picture on my Instagram. It was a guy in the airport with his. Um, slow cooker or something just pulling it along behind him I was like I know we're behind the times No
1: way <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, hilarious
0: Going off the topic there but yeah Aye, So I think you guys are like got all this stuff I follow quite a few people from over in America and Canada and stuff and I feel like we are a little bit behind the times We're getting there slowly now especially like where I'm from and up in the west coast of Scotland there's not many people with even tilt rotators I don't have GPS in any of my machines just because of the kind of work do we don't really need it so much just now I, I can see how it can be helpful and if you're working with like services or house sites or one of my pals he does golf courses so i can see why it's useful wow. for all that but not for the kind of stuff i do just now unfortunately
1: yeah i want to go over to scotland and golf i like golfing ever since i'm a dad i'm a big advocate for golfing
0: where's your family from in scotland do you know
1: oh jeez you're me. My mom is gonna be super mad when she hears that, but uh <laughs> Yeah, I have no idea all over. I know that I I don't my cause my my aunts went over and they went. We we have Lytles are the is the last name. There was like a whole cemetery of Lytles and they were there and yes, yeah, like and then Ireland, I'm I'm not sure, but I'm not a family history guy. I just know like, hey, that's where I'm from. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where whereabouts like you don't have to tell me exactly the town, but whereabouts in Scotland are you guys located?
0: Um, the easiest way to describe it is two hours up from the Central Belt, but on the West Coast is where you get the ferries to, like, all the inner hebrides, so your islands like Barra, U.S., and stuff like that, literally in the middle of nowhere.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're kind of, well, we used to be in a kind of a small town, but things have grown up, like, so much now. Like, it's insane how, I mean, the past three years, what was it like in Scotland in the last three years, like, during COVID times? I mean, construction here and, like, housing market, like, price of machinery. Everything was just like this crazy, like, bah, it was like wild, full throttle. What was it like in Scotland? Was it the same kind of for you guys? It was like, we came and keep up with the amount of work right now?
0: Yeah, it was the same. Everything's just went absolutely crazy. The house prices are still the same. they don't see them coming down anytime soon. And even the price of like secondhand machinery and stuff is still crazy.
1: Yeah, you New machinery. Nuts too. Yeah, it was wild.
0: Everybody was buying their machines, the farmers and that too about with during covid weren't they (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah is it competitive over there too if you're from a small area like is it super competitive the construction industry then like as far as finding work or that sort of stuff
0: so me and my dad we've never found it hard at all dad's most of the customers dad works for he's had them for like 40 odd years since he started out so it's like the states and the farmers he's done work for there's very rarely we have new customers as such. It's always like reoccurring ones, which is really good. It's the way you want to keep it kind of thing. There's also like, we've on great with probably 90% of the other contractors round about here. You've all got your little bits. Like there's McCall's, they do forestry. Then there's like other ones who does other stuff and you don't really tend to tread on their toes. If somebody asks you to do work and one of them's done it before, there's, all, there's probably a reason why they're not doing it again. So it's easier to ask other contractors why they're not going back rather than not and then it being, being an issue. Um, so everybody gets on well 90% of the people there's obviously going to be a few people who don't but um, mostly everybody gets on
1: yeah well they're probably Irish that's the same as is you <laughs> <laughs> well I want to know what your dream excavator setup is what is your dream like excavator mm, if I could walk into any dealership this is what it would be
0: do you know what I'd like to do I don't have like a dream like brand but I'd like to pick something from every single brand and make my own because <laughs> there's Everyone always asks me, like, what is your favorite machine? And I'm like, yeah. honestly, I'm not just saying that, but there's something from every machine I like and put them together. Every machine has its pros and cons. You'll probably find that as well. There's always something you would change, isn't there? I do really. I didn't do what really, size would you do? I like eight ton, definitely. I feel like it's a good, as people always going at me, oh, it's just a wee Tonka toy, like this and that. But honestly, like eight and six ton, I find they're harder. You've got to be a lot more skilled to operate them rather than a 50 or a 90 or even a 20. 20 is probably borderline, isn't it? Like you can just still do your house sites and roads and you've still got to be semi-neat. But a few months ago, I got the opportunity to go down the DSM with Hyundai and operate a 90 ton machine, which was really, really sick. 90? Um, 90 ton, yeah, which was Jeez. huge, obviously, for me. But again,
1: it was like loading for anybody.
0: Like, yeah, demolition. So... It was nice, but it was a totally different way of operating compared to an eight ton machine, of course.
1: I mean, you're right. Like, operating an eight or nine ton takes way more skill than operating. Like, we have a 36 ton, that's our biggest one we have. And, like, it's like, I don't have any tilt bucket or anything on it. It's a straight production machine. If we got to go in and mass X, then we're send the 336, load the trucks, get as many trucks as we can on rental, get the material in, get the material out. Our 325 is kind of like the max we would use for residential. We send it to like larger, ex, like uh, residential home digs. But our 315, we have an eight ton as well, too. But the 315 is kind of like our, the 15 ton is perfect. It's our residential beast because we do a lot of septic systems as well, too. And we just keep sending that thing out with the tilt rotator on it, the grade being grading up the topsoil around the house and all this stuff. And it's a super, super handy machine. Yeah. What is next for? Amy, what is next for the Digger Girl, I guess? Well, maybe for both. What's next for Amy? And then what's next for the Digger Girl?
0: I'm actually going to wait tomorrow. I'm actually going to wait, what time? I need to leave here at night. In six hours. I'm going to wait down to London tomorrow to a Rototilt day, actually. Um, which will be pretty cool to try no out No way! To, yeah, to try out their latest technology and stuff. So that's my next next. And then I'm flying over to Sweden at the end of October to see their factory with Rototilt too. I was over at Stein Expo with Hyundai and. August, I was over there with them and I was over with Wacker Newson a couple of weeks ago as well. You're busy. Yeah, it's good though. So like, I'm so lucky with like the likes of Hyundai and the different brand partnerships I've got. They all look after me and it's good getting to go and try different bits of equipment. I'm getting a brand new 14 ton Hyundai and demo actually
1: for a couple of weeks as well, which will be cool. Holy, that is awesome. Good for you for like creating this for yourself. That's so impressive. That's super inspiring for me to even hear that like that's it sounds like you're you're getting the eyes of the people that you want to get yeah
0: it's actually really funny when i first started like doing the social media i'd be taking a picture or doing a video my dad would like me get that going away like you've got work to do and now i'm like dad we've got a 14 pound coming in demo he's like oh great can we get and then he's like can we get a cushion bucket and i'm like i'm sure we'll manage something so he's like loving all the perks of it now <laughs>
1: yeah it was the same over here
0: What's well, i <laughs>
1: oh yeah it. i mean- no no because i started on i started youtube first and i started filming myself plowing snow at our storage facility like i just set up a gopro on the backhoe and then just dad's like hey like this is embarrassing my friends are asking me why you're filming yourself with a gopro like this is so weird and like you're just plowing snow and then all of a sudden it was like two months later i'm like i got like ten thousand subscribers and like i can start getting paid and he's like what he's like that's cool and then like yeah the brand started reaching out and he's like okay yeah this is pretty neat like keep doing this and then now it's just like he gets it now but at first like very hesitant at first
0: yeah it's actually funny you say that i was on a site i was at today one of the boys came up in a tipper truck and he started spinning and he was like to me oh i hope you don't have that in camera and they're always winding me up about camera but then they come up to me after being like oh can you send me that if you got that in camera <laughs> i'm like yeah yeah <laughs> you'll laugh at it but you actually like it <laughs>
1: oh yeah 100 percent. it's hard like so like i said like we have like 26 people here that work for us and i have a full-time videographer now didn't always have that that is definitely something that's a privilege now i'm super fortunate that we we get to have that for the first three years it was just me but then now the videographer and it's such a dynamic because some mornings some guys don't want a camera put right in their face and me included i'm like dude like f off dude like i got I got to have a coffee first or two or three coffees first before I'm even like ready to rock here. So it does create, it's, it is kind of hard. And I always find too, like with social media, like one thing I know that you could probably relate to is like, some days you are just like, man, I just don't know what I want to like create today. Like, I feel like I've been making the same stuff. Like, how can I change it up? How can I keep it inspiring? Cause like, you got to stay interested in it too, right? Like you got to have fun making the stuff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I just never tend to post on Instagram when I'm, can't be bothered basically like it is difficult and people probably don't appreciate it how difficult it is and i find it more with youtube because i do like a weekly with youtube so i'm filming monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday what i done but see you do tuesday, weekly like much on. yeah do you edit i have an editor thankfully but it's still like you still got to download stuff from downloads no uh, I'm,
1: you know, I'm not saying it's easy that. yet i'm not saying no no no, saying, no i know it's but difficult
0: it's, that's the most annoying but it's trying to get download this content from gopro isn't it and all your different cameras, but um. So like I just wasn't in the mood for filming at all, and I just messaged like Dan, my age, and been like, look, I cannot film today. Oh, just do something. I'm like, do you know how hard it is to pull yourself to even talk to people when you can't be bothered? Sometimes, never mind to film yourself. And people, I don't think will appreciate that until you do it yourself. You then you do realize how hard that actually is. Some days we just want to have a day off, <laughs> not felt from filming.
1: Well, you're always on. Like that's what yeah. I find something's hard. Going you're- wrong. Yes,
0: you're on a job, and something's gone wrong, and you need it. You need the machine up, fixed, running you've got shit to get done. Basically. You can't be having a camera on your face 24 seven, but it's the joys of it all.
1: Yeah. And that's something that like from like influencer to influencer that you talk about. And it's just like, Oh yeah. Okay. And I'm sure there are people that are like, Oh my God, I'd love to film myself and get brand deals and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like some days, like you're right. Like when it feels like work, I don't want to do it. Like, that's why I like doing it in the first place because I'm like, this doesn't feel like work. This is just something fun that I get to do. And like, Obviously, it does turn into a business like we were talking about. But yeah, there's days where you're like, I don't want to do this. Like this is I'm not even in the mood for it. I just need to chill and not be on camera and not worry about it. Because like even like my favorite days and you might be able to relate to this. My favorite days are when I know that we had enough content and my editor has enough content to keep going. And I have a day where I'm just like, ah, I just get to sit in the machine today. Like I just get to do something and not think about the filming or the posting. And I'm just like. Oh, it's it's like meditation almost. I'm just sitting there like this is the best feeling ever.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely right. When you know that everything's under control. I always look forward to like every second weekend on a Sunday when I have nothing on. I'm like nothing, no cameras, no nothing. Just do nothing. It's super good. I say that, but I'm still up at eight o'clock in the morning making sure my YouTube's uploaded for eight in the morning every Sunday.
1: (laughs) Seeing how it's performing. Ah, eight out of ten. What the heck did I do wrong? That's it. Okay, lastly, before we wrap it up, I want you to kind of like summarize what advice would you give somebody that wants to start a career in social media?
0: <laughs> Do you know what? I find that one really hard to answer because I never meant to start a career on social media. It just kind of happened for me. But I guess you'd have to find something like, I'm very lucky because there's not very much women in construction or digger drivers. Um, so I got quite like a niche thing there to try and promote so you'd have to try and get something like one that you enjoy doing to try and promote it isn't it and yeah something that's going to be fun and grab people's attention i guess but i that's really difficult for me to answer because yeah i I still don't believe that this is actually happening and i just feel like it's a dream
1: (laughs) yeah i hear you there yeah you know you're doing awesome i love seeing your stuff on instagram and everything i'm gonna check out your youtube that would be awesome i didn't know you were doing weekly things the amount of effort that goes into that I'll uh, make sure to check that out. Where can people go? Like, what's your, your YouTube and then TikTok, Instagram? What do you want to promote here at the end?
0: Everything is just um, the now girl, but YouTube, I love all platforms for different reasons. I love YouTube the most because I can show the most on that. you know, you know the same. If you put something on TikTok, you get so many haters and heroes because they're seeing a minute clip. When it's YouTube, I hardly get any hate over there because they're seeing like the full picture and what's actually going on. I just love like being able to share that a little bit more over on YouTube than their best
1: in the other platforms so the digger girl everywhere
0: digger girls everywhere
1: <laughs> awesome all yeah. right
0: my merchandise
1: <laughs> even your merchandise yeah because you say you have a website dedicated you sell merchandise correct
0: that's right yeah i do we're working on some new things as well which has been really exciting been a pipeline and hopefully by the end of the year or the start of the next we'll have some more stuff out
1: Mm. Alright, well I'm going to, after this you're going to see an order go through for uh, an XL shipped to Canada I'm going to get Do You, know the thing you is, sh- I
0: don't actually ship to international but it's going to change yesterday I shipped a cat to a guy in New Zealand um, it was just like before Christmas there there was like them cyber attacks and like everything was down and it was costly an absolute porch and it was like £32 to send something to Ireland um, and it just wasn't and then you have to do all the 'cause we're out of Europe now, you have to do all the forms and stuff. But hopefully within the next couple of weeks it will be international. because um, everything seems to calm down a lot. Well,
1: I'm gonna send you a message, I'm gonna send you my address, you let me know how much it costs and I'm getting to a send paper you brochure, one over, okay?
0: Having me on here. Yeah. Without your next No,
1: no, no, no. I'm I'm <laughs> charge me an extra fifty bucks for it. Let's do it.
0: <laughs> Get it a YouTube video and we'll be sound. That's a deal.
1: Amy, uh, the Digger Girl, thank you for coming on the podcast. This is brought to you by our good friends over at Komatsu. Amy, thank you for coming on today.
0: Thanks very much for having me.
1: Thank you.